Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, 25th day of October, 2018. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and today our guest speakers are James Cripps and Ray Cobb. And uh, by golly, we ought to have us a good show for you. If any of y'all have a question or comment, feel free to call in. Our call-in number is 347-237-4819. Now, this call-in number, once again, is 347 347- Two three seven four eight one nine, and then hit number one uh, after the lady talks a bit. Uh, hit number one. Now put you in the queue with us, and we see up here on the queue. We'll 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 bring you in as soon as we can. Uh Ray, how are you and, you and James doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine, but I don't know about old James. Well, I'm, I'm, I heard him talking in the background there, so I, I'm thinking he's, he, he's, uh, he's fixing to stir up some trouble. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm laid up here with a cast from my, under my arm all the way. I see my thumb sticking out. Uh, oh, other than that, I'm pretty good shape. Anything I can do with one hand, I'll do it. Well, you can eat with one hand, so as long as you can eat, I guess that's pretty important. It is pretty important. Now, uh, after you eat... Oh, and you got to go to the bathroom now. That that's kind of hard. <laughs> well, you you need uh, one of them universal toilet paper deals, you know, <laughs> kind of well, like I got on uh, my truck. It, <laughs> yeah, if they come left-handed and right-handed. Uh, yeah, I'm not well, so sure you can you get them left-handed. Well, this is on a swing deal, you know. You just swing it over to whatever side you want. Well, the problem with those things is they got such good bearings in them. You give them a little bitty jerk, and it rolls out about half a roll. Well, yeah, that's a big problem. Uh, there's engineers are still designing on mine. They can't figure out how to uh, slow it down. I, I don't well, know. that's simple. Toilet well, paper roller break. <laughs> yeah, well. I, Foot operated. I like to get them put a brake on it, but they, they haven't figured it out yet. How to do it. Of course, these are VA engineers, so yeah, yeah. I like gotta a, give them a like little a, extra. It's like a fishing reel, Gerald. You wind it too fast, you get a backlash. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. 
yellow I think they call that a, I think they call that a hairball, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, usually, I usually call that a professional rewind. That's a professional rewind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the old back up on the road. <laughs> you just left with oh, man, I'm hair, a... and I don't know what else, you know, but <laughs> it can... That transmission fell on me so fast I didn't even get to see it coming. Oh man! Uh, broke that arm. Uh, it, it, it's a 200 pound transmission and it fell about 24 inches. Oh boy! So it popped it just soon as it hit it, and then I I went and they put it in splints in the emergency room and and then about. Two or three evenings later, it started swelling up, cut the circulation off, had to go get the splints cut off, so now it's in a cast. Uh, It'll be that way for three three weeks now, and then they'll cut that cast off and put a smaller cast on, and up to 12 weeks on that one, so. Good grief, you're going to be laid up a while. There's a lot of things I had planned uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of figured there ain't going to be nothing to this. But <laughs> they, got to, they got to talking to me and told me the bone's severed, but it's still touching together. Oh. So, so no no surgery. But if I do anything to misalign those two bones, then they're going to have to do surgery and put a steel rod in there and, so I think uh, I'll just lay back and talk on blog talk red talk radio. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Just don't do nothing you can't do with one hand. Uh, That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy! When that gets started, you're in trouble, though. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just hard to sit down in your recliner and and do nothing. Oh, that's a very hard. It's a that's a very hard thing for me to do. Uh, you know, I got to thinking I can, I can still go out and, and run my track loader and my dozer. Uh, then I got to thinking that about that vibration. You know. Oh boy! I certainly don't want to do anything. I think I'll just wait. Better wait, James. As tough as it is. Uh, Man, that's got to hurt bad. Uh, actually, Gerald, you know, I've got loss of use of right arm, so I didn't have all that much feeling in that arm anyway. When I broke it, uh, yeah, they asked me what my pain level was. I said a three. Uh, <laughs> and I honestly believe, you know, that's, a, that's how I would have rated it, about a three. But then when I went in there with the circulation cut off because it swelled in that in that splint, it was a ten. Oh, uh, it was. That reminded that me of what anyway, pain could be. When that swelling starts, that hurts anyway. Yeah, it was swelled against that splint. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't go nowhere. So what we're talking about tonight, other than toilet paper rollers and broken arms? Well. <laughs> uh, what about this housing grant? You know, I was down there talking to them, and I don't know. I, I probably got all twisted around like I normally do. Uh, but anyway, I 
I thought it was all called a histogram. And uh, I well, the histogram comes. Histogram comes through prosthetics. Yeah. And then special adaptive housing comes for, through the VA uh, federal part. Well, they. And, uh, uh, I asked him for the whole, whole ball of wax one time. I told him I, I needed a handicapped man. I needed a, uh, a safe room put, put in the house and another bedroom and the bathroom. And and uh, I said, well, while you had it, I need some electronics. And, and uh, they said, well. They'd heard about the electronic thing. They said that's only about three thousand, and I said, "Oh no!" I said, "I understand that your housing grant now is up to eighty-one thousand or something like that." And I said, uh, "I take the uh, a, uh, grant for automobile grant is about twenty thousand." I said so about about a hundred two three thousand should do me, and <laughs> I got your check in the mail. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said you can write the check any time. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's going to be some changes on that hassock that affected. As of January 1, uh, Jane, uh-huh. I don't know if you've uh, heard about that, but it's actually going to start being overseen by the same gentleman that do the adaptive housing grant. Uh, what's going to happen is my understanding, uh, what was explained to me, you still go through prosthetics uh, to see if you qualify. But once you qualify, then it'll be turned over to the adaptive housing grant folks. Uh, like I dated it, James, and uh, he will be the one to do the inspection and determine, help you determine what you need, and then we'll handle the funding and all of that, just like he does with the uh, adaptive housing. And I know in our area here, they've actually added on three or four additional, um, I don't know what we call it, agents, I guess, to handle those type of things. Uh, and all that's going to go into effect as of the first of the year. Uh, the grant, actually, in October 1st, I believe it was one that changed, said it actually went from 81000 up to almost 85000 I think it's a couple hundred dollars less than 85000 now. So the adaptive housing grant uh, got a pretty good increase this time. Oh, yeah, that's I, after the first of the year. Yeah, I talked to the the agent the other day. Uh, My original special adaptive housing was 78. And then while I was in process, we got an increase up to 81. So I took advantage of that, plus $800 HISA grant. And then I talked to the agent the other day, and I... Due to this latest increase in October, I've got another four thousand forty-five hundred and sixty 
some odd dollars coming, uh, which I'm going to use to to uh, put up an awning and a handrail. Uh, is that on your adaptive housing? That is special adaptive housing. Yes. Well, they told me on this histogram, if you get denied, you cannot reapply for it. And if you use it once, if you don't use it all, uh, once is all, all you can use it. Is that true? Mm, I don't know, because I used mine all at one time. Now, I've heard you can use it up to three times. Okay. They told me only In other one. words, if it's $6,800 and you, you just used 4000 of it, then you could use the rest of it later on along with any increases that it had. Okay, maybe that's what they... Uh, but they said you could only use it once. What you didn't use, uh, you couldn't get. But now, uh, bear in mind, this is from my primary care team, and uh, they didn't know all the, you know, all the data about it. So uh, I think I think Gerald, don't take this to the bank, but I think you can use it up to three times, so long as you don't exhaust it. Uh, especially adaptive housing, I exactly I actually exhaust it. But then I get the benefit of the increases, which was due in October. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. that also, you can apply that three times. Uh, James, James is correct about that, too. I actually turned my process in uh, for mine and uh, got all the paperwork already. And this will be my second draw, just like it's James's second draw. Now, if you have another increase next year, which I'm assuming it will be, then I'm going to leave that there and let it build up. Now, once it builds up, I'm allowed one more draw, and then I'll take it out, and then I don't get any more increases. The catch-22 with that is you have to withdraw it before you pass away. If you don't withdraw it, before you pass away, your spouse cannot get it. Oh, I see. So, uh, you know, a, a veteran would have good cause to to really go after that and and, and be successful, get it all. Yeah, the qualifications to get that especially adaptive housing grant are kind of tight. Uh, you have to have uh, loss of use. Well, if you if you're post nine eleven, you have to have loss of use of one extremity. If you're pre nine eleven, it takes two. Okay. Uh, so if you're post nine eleven, yeah, if you're post nine eleven, your extremities are worth twice what a pre nine eleven is. Isn't that something? Is there anything uh, fair about the VA? My God. Remember, you know, I don't know how they came say, up with that. Yeah, it, it does say that you have to have lost your use of one upper one lower extremity. Pre-9-11, you have to have two. Or, and the big or here, Gerald, is this. You have to have a loss of use of one 
or residuals of organic disease, which means any organ that's affected by certain disease. So if you've got lung disease or heart disease that affects your you oh, know, that, short yeah, breath, that, that will satisfy the second of the two. But okay, now, but you have to be a hundred percent in order to get the housing grant. You have, but to get the housing grant, you don't have to be. There's two numbers there. Is there. No you got the HISA. Yeah, yeah. There's no minimum, but the money's different. Say if you don't have a service connection for a certain issue, and you get the HISA grant, I think yeah. it's only like what twenty nine hundred dollars total or something like that. But if you serve the HISA grant, sixty eight hundred. Yeah, sixty eight hundred. Yep. Well, wow. but, uh, it's a. Uh, hey, it can be done though. Oh, $6,800 is a whole lot of money. Well, it depends well, on what you have done, James. Some of these contractors like yeah. to a whole lot of money. <laughs> but you you get to thinking about it, you can have a lot of grab bars and, and non-slip floor and tub and shower. It'd go a long way on picking up a bathroom. If it don't pick up the whole tab, it'll come close. Yeah, my bathrooms are small. I'd have to have a new one built, and I couldn't do that with sixty eight hundred. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's something. It, it it's hard to keep up with all that uh, for me, anyway. Anyway, you know, I got twisted around. I asked him for the old ball of wax one time. I paid well one time, and uh, but I, it looked like I was talking out of the side of my head. Well, not really, because I asked him for the whole ball of wax at one time and got it. I used well, the grant in conjunction with the specially adaptive housing grant. And then went over the limit, and they found some more money, uh, another grant of some kind. I didn't understand it, but out of uh, last year, out of eighty-two thousand dollars worth of work, I was responsible for, responsible for sixteen hundred. Uh, oh, so that was that, that was pretty good. That was yeah, that was good. You know, uh, we want everyone to know out there that these type of things are available if a veteran will seek them out. And and uh, did you have to go to a social worker? No. Your health guard has to start with your social worker, yes, sir. That's that. That's had to start with mine. Now, Jones's is different due to the fact that he already had the loss of use of two before he applied for anything. So, uh, if I'm correct, he didn't have to go through that social worker. But uh, if you go and apply just for a hustle grant, you have to go through your social worker, and then it's signed off by your primary care. Well, my primary care, yeah, my primary care was willing to sign off, 
And uh, they had a news. Actually, I was their first customer, social worker, had me talk to her. And, uh, uh, but she was going out the door. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> well, you know, when you, when you ask for. When you ask for ILP, the first thing they'll have you to do is go sign up for Specially Adaptive Housing Grant and the HISA grant, knowing that you can't get the Specially Adaptive Housing Grant if you don't have loss of use of two limbs. Yeah. I don't understand that. Well, see, I'm not service-connected on my lungs yet. That's one of the claims they keep setting on. So... Uh, I might have to wait till I'm a hundred percent. Now the HISA grant, I should be able to go after without any trouble because my primary care team would sign off, and and of course the social worker never heard of such thing. <laughs> she had to call well, you someone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and get your. You can go ahead and get that HISA grant. Yeah, nothing stopping you from getting your HISA grant. Yeah, uh, so I may go ahead and get, try and get it. Uh, that would. Yeah, happen. the only drawback is uh, <clears throat> that toilet paper dispenser. That dash-mounted toilet paper dispenser is probably worth more than the whole HISA grant. Well, that may be so, but it's uh, still patent pending and, and still, you know, uh, uh, R&D, uh, it, it's still in research and development. Uh, if I could get them engineers off the tail ends, every time I talk to them, they go to laughing. Well, it's no laughing matter. Well, I know. They won't give you but one of those things. So when they overhaul your bathroom, you're going to have to back your truck up to the bathroom one to be able to use the toilet paper. Oh, yeah. Keep your mind on the the housing grant. Yeah. You can also look at it this way, Gerald. If you get approved the housing grant, what you ought to do, first of all, is sell your house. Sell my house. Okay. Find you a house that has already adapted. Then oh, you can now, use that money be. to pay on the new house. That'd and another thing you can do if it's the option they gave me, so I'm sure it's the same way. They said, Are you sure you like living in your house? I said, Well, yes. And they said, Well, if you want to build a new one that's handicap accessible, you can use the gut. As the dad payment on that house. Oh, I wouldn't yeah, think there there good. would be. I wouldn't think there would be that many already adapted houses on the market. Really not. Uh, there's a lot of elderly out there, and I'm sure they're really scuffling them up. But uh, I haven't checked either, so. I don't you don't know. see it advertised anywhere. No, you don't. No, they don't advertise it. No, you'd have to specifically uh, request one and see if they were available to your 
multi-listings, uh, I guess. Uh, I, I would think the only only way you could find something like that would be in a retirement neighborhood or... Yeah. Uh, well, the, I, I the grant know. process... The grant process is, is hard to negotiate, but like you say, Gerald, first of all, you got to be aware that it's out there. You make yes, application, sir. and then you got to kind of be a little tenacious because there are not that many VA personnel that are really uh, educated on those benefits and how to obtain them. <laughs> They'll pass you off with with information that they're not sure about. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So really, you 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 you've, you've got to pursue it and and look up the laws for yourself. And if you can can get a hold of a good agent, which is hard to do. Now, me and Ray, we're, we're really lucky. We ended up with a real good agent that was really really knowledgeable, and he's out to get us everything that we've got coming. Well, that's a good deal. And uh, like you said, uh, you go talking to your primary care team and uh, this and that, and, and uh, they dumb me up real quick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know whether they, they're, you know, they just don't know. Uh, now, mine says they don't know and they don't want to admit that they don't know they would rather tell yeah. you anything than i don't know but i'll find out uh they uh just said they didn't know now mine had told me out of all of them she'd put in for the histogram only one had been approved in nine years in nine years I think I'd find me somebody else to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I said say that. Yeah, you that is not, uh, because I said, that whoa, is not hard to get it out. <laughs> I said, whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> yeah, and she said you only get one shot. So I wasn't going to gamble that one shot with them. Uh I did talk to social worker because they asked me to, but uh, she was even uh, less informed than my primary care. Yeah, go yeah. to the director of the prosthetics department. Yeah. Well, he turned me down for clothing allowance, so I don't know if I need to talk to him. He didn't. Uh, that eight hundred bucks you get for clothing allowance, uh, he wouldn't give me that. Well, speaking of clothing allowance, I haven't got mine yet, and I've got four of them coming at eight hundred and something dollars. Oh, uh, they got till October the thirty-first. Oh, well, he told me I had a year if. because see, I've not only service connected for my year. Boy, you, how you going to get a clothing allowance for your ear, ear muffs? <laughs> I don't know. It's all bad, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
somebody trying to call here, but I've got a radio in them or something. <laughs> <laughs>
But he said, you know, I was in Germany a while back when I was in the service, and I had sex with a peacock. And I was just wondering if he was my son. <laughs> now, there was a lot of laughing in that funeral. <laughs> I bet there was. <laughs> yeah. But he was he was just honoring enough. I can see him doing that. You know, he had uh, he had some great adventures during his life and sur- survived, and 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 he wasn't going to take any crap off of anybody. And I can see him doing that. Well, that's good. He lived a good life. I mean, he probably. You know, anybody that's been in the military, chances are a lot of them now have some sort of ailment, something that they picked up in the service. Now, some got through without much or may have ailments that can be attributed to the military and never even associated it to the military. Yeah, they just don't know it. They don't know it. Absolutely. And, uh, so, uh, you know, it's a, a military person. Is uh, I think it's a special breed. I never met a one that still wasn't dedicated uh, to all get out. I mean, they're patriotic. And patriotic. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, these, uh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to get anyone more patriotic than the military and uh, service members. It uh, and everybody in the country ought to be that way, but unfortunately, they're not. Well, you know, I spent a couple of days in the hospital this past week, and. There's a lot to be said for a private room. But I had a room with another fellow in it. He was a Vietnam veteran. And we had a a, a lot of conversation reminiscing about, about, you know, the war and, and what we did and our time in service and, and what we had done since then. Uh, with a private room, I would have I never would have met the guy. You know, I'm, I'm glad to have met him. Yeah. Yeah, you meet some, uh, especially if they're a veteran. Uh, Seems like a veteran's never a stranger. <laughs> no, not once. Not once you you get by the the hello. Uh, yeah. Then it's just like you've known them all your life. Yeah, you're right. It's a it's a brotherhood bond that you cannot explain to anybody. I cannot even think of words or anything else to explain the brotherhood that you have with another veteran. You know, that's true. That's so true. And and uh, it seemed like uh, veterans draw to each other like magnets. Uh, they, uh, it, it's uh, unexplainable. I mean, you know. It you you don't have to have served in an actual war zone uh, 
to have that uh, camaraderie. It uh, it seems like it's instilled in you from basic training on. And you can stand on a street corner and watch everybody walk by, and you can pretty well pick them out of the crowd. Yes, sir, you can. Uh, you can tell the manner of their movement and and their their actions towards other people. A veteran, as a rule, is a lot more friendly and and uh, polite and and. Uh, you know, it, the list goes on. If someone's holding the door open for someone, chance are it'll be a veteran holding the door open. That's true. Well, we'd certainly be a lot different people than what we are had we not been in the military. Uh, I, I don't think know what so. would have become of me. Well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hate to imagine me not being in the military. My God, I guess military. Well, that's what a lot of us. That's what a lot of us don't look. We don't look being in the military. We learn responsibilities. We, we learn uh, authority. We, we learn an awful lot by being in the military. Yeah. Well, you know. There's there's also a brotherhood of those who have been through the claims process. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I understand you, Ray, and I understand you, Gerald, and you, John. Uh, anybody that's been through that process, uh, I think that's that's about as bad as war. My God, it's pretty rough. And and you've been there a lot longer than the war, you know. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, it takes a lot longer, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm about done. Well, I am done, and it took me twelve years. Well, you did better than I did, so that's a good deal. Uh, but I ain't done. But you know, yet. you got to be tenacious. You make a lot of friends. You make a lot of enemies. And you meet people that you don't want to be this friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do. Uh, it's just amazing, you know, the, the process and the things that you have to go through to get your benefits. Uh, those who are willing to stick with it get their benefits eventually. Those who are not willing to go through it, they just lose out. And shouldn't be that way. Well, they should, uh, once they start, they should stay with the program, get with it. And, uh, you know, some uh, claims get started off on the wrong foot, and and those are the ones that usually drag out the longest. By the time you realize you're going down the wrong road and you got to turn around and go back, or you got to learn to cut across the field <laughs> or something. Uh, you got to put a patch on it somehow. Yeah, yeah, you got to send send it back to the engineers. Say we got to get it right. So, 
if you if you ever get misunderstood or if you ever misstate something, it's hard to turn it around. It might take years to turn it around and change the attitude of, of the writers and, and people looking at your claim. Yeah. Uh, just supply them with the best information you can come up with. One thing I found is keep track of your claims folder and be sure it's updated properly. That's where I've run into so much trouble. My claims folder is never updated. Yeah, and always tell the truth no matter how many times they lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's, it is right. Yeah, I'll never lie to them and get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a story this morning about a uh, veteran who claimed PTSD. And uh, he uh, had a stressor, and they checked the stressor out and went back to the investigation later on. They found he lied. And, uh, of course, they have a hard time finding him that he was in federal pen already for bank fraud. So, uh, that's a story Hubert put on Hattie this morning. Oh. Did y'all see that? No. I so didn't see it, no. So, yeah. he was so following he actually, the claim anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what he's is already... They, well, you know, they... If you go to the bank, they keep all your check, don't they? Except for what a small percentage. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah if, you, if your wife and the penist apply, oh, you know they can okay. get part of it. Yeah, but it takes somebody to apply, um, and they, they they can get a portion of it. Well, well, it's in the, in the pen. The, the VA does check probably more than we do than we know that they do. I know it hadn't been long since one girl that come that uh, was drawing because of loss of use of extreme, lower extremities claimed she couldn't walk. They caught her at Disneyland with her daughter. Uh, walking around Disneyland, they took her benefits. Uh, another one, yeah, and another one said he couldn't mow his grass. Uh, but they flew one of those drones over his house and caught him mowing his grass. They took his benefits, too. Oh, my God. Uh, mine, I'm not worried about it. I get out and operate my bulldozers and do pretty whatever I feel like doing because my, my cardiologist tells me to do whatever I feel like I can do. Um, yeah. I, they told me that I was disabled. I didn't tell them that I was disabled. Uh, and it's all my my disabilities on account of my heart and all of their machines just back it up, you know, uh, so, yeah, I can get out and operate my bulldozer if that's what I feel like doing, and I do that. Oh, more than I do, really. Oh, I just can't sit down in my recliner, and, and i I got, to, I got to get up and go if I can go. Now, I can't go every day, but uh, 
to the extent of what I can do without breaking my arm. <laughs> you know, I go. <laughs> oh boy, that that be that hurts just thinking about it. Yeah, it does me. <laughs> Well, I'm 70 years old. That's the first transmission uh, I've been able to, hadn't been able to dodge, you know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get over it. Oh, yeah, you mend if you give yourself a chance. That's the hard part of it, giving yourself yeah, a chance. Yeah, that's going to be the mend. hard part, sitting and waiting. Yeah, doggone. I got home from the hospital the other night, and uh, they were going to pour concrete on my daughter's new basement the next morning. And I had broken off a fitting, a water fitting, uh, at, right at the foundation, up next to the foundation. So when I got home from the hospital, I got in my uh, SUV, not SUV, my side-by-side, uh, a Honda Pioneer, and I went down there and I carried a hammer and chisel to kind of chisel some of that concrete out where I could repair that break. And I got down there and I got my light set up, and I thought, well, you dummy, how are you going to use a hammer and chisel? (laughs) 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 But I thought there's got to be a way, but there wasn't. Boy. So that's going to take you a good while to get all that busted on. Yeah, about, uh, it'll be in the cast for 12 weeks. Oh, boy, that would be rough. It's a magic. No, I was no, no. earlier today as to how, how much you can itch and can't scratch under that, yeah. under that cast. Now they have something you could spray in there. Well, I was kind of trying thought they might have put a trap door in there where you could open and scratch and then close the door. Yeah, back, you know, yeah, there you If go. you knew exactly where you were going to itch. Well, they ought to put it on the <laughs> You might suggest that to them. <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yeah. Where you can get a fly, fly swatter yeah. handle down through there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could take some of this anti-itch cream and dilute it and pour it down through there. But no tell me what yeah, I guess you could. Probably eat the eye off. But, you know, if, if if I wasn't a veteran and had access to the VA hospital, uh, there's been a lot of time of my life that I couldn't afford to, to go to the doctor and get a cast put on and get treated. Uh, I just didn't have the money and didn't have the insurance. If I didn't have my veterans' benefits, I guess you just grin and bear it, you know. Well, yeah, you might have, I don't know, uh, not much you could have done to wrap your arm up. That's right. I know and there was a time that I did that, you know. I know people with broken legs all crooked and tap twisted around and didn't go to the doctor and God. But there's Well I broke my nose and I didn't go to the doctor and I broke my tailbone and I didn't go to the doctor. 
because uh, I couldn't afford it. Didn't have no insurance. Yeah. And my nose mended. It's a little crooked, but, you know, it wasn't all that straightforward happening. Uh, did a stupid thing, jumped off the back porch into a trash can and asked the trash down. I never thought about that trash can flipping over with me. <laughs> My tailbone, I, I was going to enter this building, uh, and I pitched my pack and my rifle over in a window and jumped up in the windowsill and shimmied up that windowsill. When I put my leg over in that window, I hit a tripwire, <laughs> and that's, a grenade went off and blew me backwards out two-story window. Uh, oh, on my tailbone broke my tailbone. Hurt my feelings worse. Well, it's lucky you didn't blow your leg off. <laughs> it was a simulator. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't really remember, but I'm sure I had to change britches. Yeah, I'll have to put the beer in you. Well, you know, you look at you look at where we came from in the VA system and where we are now. Uh, that, 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 that's a long way, baby. I just believe Ray and I. Yeah, Ray and I both carry a, a O rating with an R one, uh, and that's about as far as you can get. Well, yeah, you've got them. Now's the time to sit back and prop your feet up and go fishing or whatever you have a mind to do. Get you one of those. Yeah, you, you, got, you, you got a freedom of choice, you know. Yeah, well, at least you do. And, and uh, I see too many guys just sit down in their recliner and... and uh, they give up, and then life gives up on them. Uh, you got to push yourself. Uh, not easy sometimes, but you still got to push yourself a little. Don't give up. You got to do something. Got to keep moving. Keep moving. As long as you I'm... wiggle that little finger, you can do something. Yeah, I've I found it really, really comforting to help other veterans. Uh, you know, I know I've been there. I've I've, I've been in their shoes. Um, it's easy to get discouraged and disgusted and to quit. And, and like you were talking earlier, if you, if you can get headed in the right direction and be working in the right direction, you'd make some progress. Yeah, and I think that's one thing I've learned from what you've taught me is, is when you help a veteran, the enthusiasm and the excitement that they receive is what the reward is. Uh, I had a call the other day from a gentleman uh, out just outside Detroit, Michigan, and I've been working with him about six or eight months. He's a friend of my cousin. And he finally, uh, we were able to get him moving 
just like you said, in the right direction. And in about six months, he received his disability. Approved. But, I mean, it was only 40%, but like I told him, that's a start. And we'll kind of go from there. Um, but the reward, to take that gentleman who, by the time he called me, he was really just about ready to give up completely. Uh, and, and that's that's all the reward is when you change their direction and get them thinking positive, and then they win that award. They're so appreciative. Uh, I bet he told me 20 times while we were on the phone how much he appreciated me helping him. And nobody else had tried. And that's the way it is in our, our county service officers. Uh, so I understood exactly what he was saying. Well, I know back when I first talked to you, Ray, uh, I think you found it kind of hard to believe what I was saying you were going to have to do in such a short time before you're here. <laughs> yeah. But then you, I guess you got to thinking about it, and you called me back, and and you were ready to buckle down and do it all, and you did. Uh, in about a month. Everything yeah, had to be yeah. done. We actually put that case together where we could win it within a month. Otherwise, I'd have lost. Yeah. yeah. You know, it had to be done before your hearing. Uh, and then I went to Ray's hearing, and first of all, the judge didn't really want me in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the judge asked Pam, said, who are you? And Pam said, I'm Ray's wife. And the judge said, do you have a marriage certificate with you? And she said, no, I don't. He said, well, then get out of my room. <laughs> oh, she got up and started to walk out. He said, I'll oh, come back. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. oh, my land. And then he asked James, he says, what are you here for? You're not his wife. And he says, I'm here for moral support, and I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> he, he sounded kind of tough, but he ended up pretty good judge. Yeah, he did. He ended up being an excellent judge. He approved it, and I won my case. Yeah, he's a wonderful judge. You know, Ray, after I went to your uh, hearing, in about another two weeks, I went to another guy's hearing. And he just died here about three months ago. Uh, But in the middle of his hearing, uh, first of all, his service officer said, you can't take James in there with you, and you can't take your brothers. He said, oh, yes, I can. He said, they're my moral support. i got to have them. So anyway, we finally got the okay, and we went in. And uh, they started recording, and the judge started his process. And this veteran got his pill bottle out, seven days' worth of pills in this pill package. And opened it up and had him a glass of water, and he was taking his pills. And all at once, that pill thing went flying, and pills, seven days' worth of pills went everywhere. 
So he was down on the table on his hands and knees picking up pills, and the judge cut the recorder off and said, we got to help this guy pick his pills up. So we was all down under the table on our hands and knees picking up pills. After it was over with and we went out the door, the veteran looked me in the eye and he said, you thought me dropping my pills was an accident, didn't you? <laughs> I said, yes, I did. He did. It wasn't no accident. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't know about it ahead of time. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But he, he won his 100%, and that might have pushed it over. I don't know. <laughs> it certainly didn't. Yeah, it didn't hurt anything. <laughs> If they want a blue suit, turn a blue light on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know old Army veteran can come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't do too good in front of them DROs, eh? I can't, they don't want to cut me a check. I said, when are you going to cut my check? Oh, wasn't that a three-judge panel that you were supposed to go see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got over that one. <laughs> I I, I would never run across in the CFR where you can get a check cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. I've never run that. across that provision. <laughs> I, I told her, I said, I need the money, get on. <laughs> cut, cut me a check. She wouldn't even give me a meal ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you had to buy your own lunch, huh? Yeah, they ain't got something tells me you. Something tells me you dealing with the wrong people. <laughs> yeah, I was at that. You need to find somebody a little more understanding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next time know. you go with you, carry you a seven day pill packet and just <laughs> drop it Helping right there in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> tell them what. Yeah. While I'm picking this up, can you write my check? <laughs> yeah. I'll take my time because I know it'll be a big check. <laughs> uh, if you walked in with that toilet paper roller in your hand, oh, they'd know they was in trouble. <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. And the and the five gallon bucket. <laughs> With a baggie in it. <laughs> yeah. Tell them, let me tell you how it works. <laughs> tell him share with <laughs> just write the check. <laughs> <laughs> You know, another thing you got to have to get through the VA system is a good sense of humor. <laughs> if you don't, the grief will kill you. 
Yeah, if you don't, you can't take it too serious because <laughs> you go in the door, you know what the score is. It's zero if you to don't, nothing, you don't. you got nothing. <laughs> if you don't have a few friends to talk with and you can't laugh about it and have a sense of humor, you'll probably end up one of those that, that kill yourself every day. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, that's so sad. You know, it really is. that. And it's so uh, serious. We've got veterans that just, and, and I assure you, most of them are trying to get uh, uh, a rate increase or trying to get service connected. They're all messed up. And, you know, they can get you down. The thing that I think is quite interesting is that right now I saw the other day, I got something over the Internet, that 70% of the suicides today are caused from soldiers that served in Afghanistan. Oh. Well, yeah, but let's say how they... How they've done them poor veterans. Some of them done three or four tours over there. Who wants to be yeah. under that kind of stress for that long a period of time? That's that's uh, that's, that's, that's like hard playing on. Russian roulette. Well, yes, sir, it is, and and uh, your brain can take a little, you know, uh, periodically, but. Uh, they're spending months upon end out there. And well, you know, any time you can have your head blowed off, that, that's crazy. And, uh, the anguish when you get deployed so many times and having to leave your family and your, you know, your kids and saying goodbye yeah. and, and uh, survive that one just to go back again and then do it all over. Uh, I'm really, boy, they got my sympathy. It's surprising to hear how many they, it's surprising to hear how many they got that are not deployable for one reason or the other. Now they're getting rid of them, and they should have have a long time ago. uh, Replace them with somebody that is deployable. Well... You know, your poor old body can only handle so much stress. I mean, if you're months on end, it's going to take its toll. And, you know, any time you walk around the corner, you'd be stabbed or shot or something. And the way they had it before, I don't guess you could even shoot unless you're shot at. If you now, ask them if you can shoot them. Right <laughs> You gotta wait yeah. for someone on Morriston day you can shoot back. Uh, yeah, halt. Am I allowed to shoot you? <laughs> yeah. Uh no, there's something wrong with that. War's back when war, I was in you shot and then hollered halt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no I mean good God, who who would send their military into a predicament like that? No one. 
You know, I've been helping a gentleman here in Winchester, and, and he did two tours of studio. And it's uh, he, he, kind of interesting in talking with him. He said the first tour of duty, he would every morning send his wife an email. And he said, to be honest, the only reason I did it is because I was afraid that the uh, um, that was going to be my last day. And so he said, I sent an email every day. It just might say good morning or how you doing or I, I did fine last night. Whatever, he just said he sent it one. And then he had to go back over again. And uh, this time he is... He ran over one of the mines, and it blew up, and a Blackhawk helicopter has a video of it getting blown up, and he got thrown about 50 or 60 feet in the air and landed on his back. He's messed up his back real good, and um, but he was so shook up after that that they had to make a long story short. They never, she never could understand, and and now they're divorced. But the divorce rate is very high with these individuals that are going over to Afghanistan. Oh, I would suspect it is, yeah. I've been away long periods of time like that, and then where they re- redeploy, it, you know, it don't help the family unit at all. Uh, uh I don't know. I, I think they should set a limit. Um, one time over there, if you can go over and come back alive, it should be enough. But they keep sending them back. So. Well, you tell me one more time what's the date and the time of your parade? It's going to be November the 11th. That's Veterans Day, Sunday afternoon. The veterans are going to line up at 1.30, and the parade will start at 2.30. We've got uh, four high school bands in it. We've got uh, the Tennessee National Guard. It's going to have a convoy, and they're also going to be the color guard. Of course, we have uh, our local commander of our air base. He's going to be in it, and also the... Master Sergeant uh, uh, under him. Um, I'm trying to think of all. There'll be just a lot of, uh, of individuals that have asked if they, if they could be in it. And, and the veterans are going to line up behind banners, and the high school dance team is going to carry the banners in front of the veterans, leading them down the street. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty nice play for small town USA. And, uh, uh, I'm really pleased it's turned out the way it has and the way our community has rattled around it. And, and we're, you know, it's, everybody's excited. Sounds like a lot of good planning went into that. Well, it kind of just fell together, James. We started planning it. I used your parade up there as, as a kind of an example. And uh, just kind of went from there. And once it got started, I mean, I've heard uh, the junior high cheerleaders and, uh, call and want to be in it. We're even, we're even letting the little peewee uh, football team, which is everything from 
I think four years old or five years old to, to 11 years old, uh, they're a little chilly. It's going to be riding on a flatbed in it. And uh, a lot of folks just want to be a part of it. And they want to sleep the veterans in our area. Now, I think it's going to just be really exciting to see that type of, of a group come out and support the veterans. Matter of fact, one of the radio stations here has, has ordered 2,000 American flags to pass out along the parade. So there should be some American flags uh, flying all up and down the parade waving at the veterans. That sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It's going to be a fun day, and the best part, though, is after the play, we're going to have uh, the World War II veterans are coming over to the American Legion. They're going to sit down and be available for school kids and other veterans to talk with. Uh, and then uh, we're playing a good old uh, Tennessee Mountain type of an evening. Uh, we've got a group called the Ten Ford Pickers, and, and they're going to come in and they start playing about 5 o'clock, and they're kind of a they do a little bit of country and a little bit of bluegrass. So uh, you're going to get the spirit of the uh, Tennessee Mountains in there, too. Come on down, all of you. Come on down. We'll, we'll, we'll put you in a special spot. Yeah, I've got it in my in my memory bank. Uh, uh, I may like to say, uh, I don't think I'd drive the five-ton and... Transmission's laying on the floor beside my Agent Orange truck. <laughs> so. uh, I wouldn't mind bringing the five-ton up if I could find me a handbrake. Man, I, just, I can't pull the handbrake up, and I don't have a park position on the Dallas. And... Well, you might have to tie a concrete block to it and just throw it out the window. When you park. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but I can't lift up a concrete block with one hand anymore. <laughs> well, well James, you can't, James, you can't do it. Just put the thing in neutral and stick that left leg out and drag it along until it stops. <laughs> yeah, I could just get, when I get close, I could call Ray on his phone, put me a scotch out, scotch out there to run up against. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Of course, I'd have to park beside my step lighter and come back and park beside it again to get in and out. Yeah, well, that'd be rough. Well, you know, you kind of look like a monkey swinging off the side of the tree getting in it anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's my duns. Well, you need a elevator on it. I carried carried it up to Ray's event back uh, last year. And one of the women that worked for the VA wanted to get up in it. And she got halfway up in it. Great big old woman now. She got halfway up in it, and she couldn't go no more, and she couldn't back up. Well, I had a choice. I either had to give her a boost or get fell on. And I wasn't going to get fell on, so I wonder if they broke my arm then. Uh, but I got her up in there. 
<laughs> and guys, I'll tell you what, she weighs more than that 200-pound transmission. <laughs> she does. I wasn't fixed to let her fall on me, you know. She was a handful. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to damage that city concrete now. <laughs> That's right. She probably she, she said, you probably just seen everything I got on. I started to say, well, you ain't got on much to start with, but I let it lie. <laughs> I seen the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't looking, honestly. <laughs> but she's one of the she's one of the claims representatives in the Nashville office, and she's been pretty good to us. That's a good deal. Now, you know, we were talking earlier about how the, how the individuals that work for the VA don't know all the rules and regulations. Yeah. And that yeah. that James is talking about, when I go in to present my claim, uh, to, uh, I had to respond to a letter turning the claim in, and she said, well, you're not going to win this. You, you, know, you, you guys just can't win this. And I said, and I had my... Paperwork there, and I said, look up 38 CFR 34.4 or whatever it was. I don't remember. Anyway, she looked it up, and it sits there, and it said that two L's is equal to no, and the one is just says, a veteran that receives the O award goes to the next level of aid attendance. Well, I already had the standard aid attendance, so that sent me up to the R1, which is the next level. Well, she was sitting there arguing with me, and another girl that was in there helping from, from Nashville was looking this stuff up on the computer, and all of a sudden she says, Phyllis, you need to come over here and look at this. So she goes over there and looks at it, reads it all, what else it says, and comes back over and sits down, <laughs> has a kind of funny look on her face, and she says, you write that letter just the way you got it right here. And she says, I've never heard of a no award. Huh. So, well, you know, I don't heard of a no No one person can know it all, especially if it's something that you don't deal with every day. Uh, I don't think anybody had ever achieved that high award. Uh, uh, they're so far and few between. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't doubt. I'd almost be willing to bet that you and I are the only two old awards in the state of Tennessee. I don't know that, but it'd be a good bet. Well, you're probably right. We're probably the only two that have a R1 rating without being in a nursing home. Yeah. Uh, I've always said you don't have to be half dead to be awarded that uh, should be able to enjoy it a little bit a while after you get it well it's nice to know that it can be gotten and uh, if the conditions are right and you're deserving you can get it so you got to know what to ask for. 
and the evidence to prove what you're talking about. Yep. Uh, it boils down to that documentation, and if you got the right documentation at the right time and the right people are looking at it, uh, you can do it. But well, I've seen you, you, you know, uh, one, one of the interesting parts that I've been doing is when I talk to some of my vets and I don't think they're thinking in the right direction, I said, first of all, you tell me four things that are not military-connected and only one that is. So anything that's not military-connected, you need to forget about. Uh, you know, if you hurt your knee in football and it's hurting now, that's not military connection. Uh, and, and then you've got to get a doctor to say, first of all, that you have that condition, because any doctor has any doctor said it. Sometimes they'll say, yes, in my medical records. Sometimes they'll say, well, no. Well, that's the one you need to have to put the medical records, not this other stuff. And then once you get all that done, then you've got to go and you've got to lift up and make sure that that condition that you say you have that is military meets the 30, uh, the CFR codes, 38 CFR codes under the ratings. It will tell you exactly if you have that condition and then the severity of that condition, what the percentage rate would be. Uh, I was surprised when James had me go in and look that night. Uh, I would have thought with a double bypass, uh, an ejection factor of less than 50, the rating would be higher than 60%, but it's not. So they at least let me know that when I got my 60%, there was no need to fuss or argue or anything. That's what the book says it is. Didn't you have some aorta problem too, Ray? Uh, yeah, I do. But, yeah, he uh, did. Aorta gave him his benefits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they claim that my, my wall uh, is thin and weak. But what they, they have not admitted, and I'm at the level I'm not going to push it, I'm kind of like James, it's time to sit back and choose you But uh, basically, they're not convinced that the weakness in my wall is caused from Agent Orange. And um, they haven't addressed it, and a doctor will not commit to that. But I've got my 60% rating on my heart, and all my other ratings, I'm well over 100% now, and I'm an R1 because of other complications and problems. So I'm just going to back off and, and let that one lie. Well, sometimes it, if you got enough, don't bother them. Uh, But I, I knew you'd mentioned once before that you'd had some aorta problem, and uh, I was wondering how you thought you could take care of it. They could take care of it with medication. Well, they've got me on enough medication that if it's a uh, matter of fact, one medication that a friend told me about who had a similar problem, 
was uh, this uh, over-the-counter medicine, CQT. And I've been taking that. Uh, I started taking that right after I had the, the open-heart surgery. Yeah. And, and right after I got through taking that, uh, I guess it was a year and a half, maybe two years later, I went and had a stress test, and that was the first stress test I passed in uh, five years. So uh, the only thing I can contribute to is the heart medicine that they're giving me uh, or the CQT. So whichever it is, I'm not going to quit taking them. Mm. Yeah, I told Ray, Ray, you got heart problems according to these records right here. And they ought to give you your benefits. And he turned that they ought to in, and I think they approved it. Yeah, I think they did. I didn't go back and look and see. I think they mentioned it, and I don't know what rating they gave me on. But uh, anything, you know, I guess if I had to add anything up like to use a regular tap later, I guess I'd probably be about 2,000% right now. Ray, you taking blood thinners? I'm sorry? You taking blood thinners? Yes, I do. I, I'm actually on a blood thinner and uh, two additional heart medicines. Are you taking the pill blood thinner or are you taking Coomer or Dwarfin? I'm, I'm taking the pill. No, they put me on Prodax at the VA. Does that work for you? Um, I'm not for sure if that's the one I'm on or not. Prodax. Diabetes training. No, I'm not on that. I, I forget which one they've got me on. It's only two of them. Yeah, they wouldn't. They just took me off. They just took me off of Coumadin after twenty some odd years and put me on Eloquist. Eloquist. But I understand. You know, I've been on it. Yeah, I've only been on it two weeks now. Uh, they told me I couldn't. I have. understand you don't have to get your blood drawn ever so often, and it's supposed to be a lot better. They told me I had to be 80 years old before I got ill, so that's why they gave me the Prodacta. Well, the, the Coumadin wasn't doing me any good anymore. Hmm. Uh, you know, they were constantly trying to adjust it, and. Uh, they they uh, got me on carbinolol. Carbinolol, whatever that is. But I, I'm a fine believer that CQT and his PTT and his is really what uh, has helped me more than anything. Well, you know. Uh, I'm I'm in AFib, chronic AFib, have been for 20 years. So, you know, blood thinners are in order to keep from having a stroke. Hmm. You um, you got AFib, John? Yes, sir. I sure do. You got in the same truck, buddy. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, that isn't that a tad, isn't that uh, kind of associated with uh, uh, herbicides? Yeah, it's secondary to uh, heart disease, yeah. Oh, yeah, what happened man. is uh, your heart starts uh, going out of rhythm, Gerald, and uh, it's an, basically it's going to rhythm. And uh, what happens, your heart kind of quivers when it beats. And yeah. one of your, uh, it doesn't allow a full load of blood to be ejected out there. It pulls in your heart, and it stays in there, and then you can throw a clot. So that blood thinner sends that pool out, so, you don't, you know, it won't throw a blood clot. I'm taking two two medications for that because, uh, uh, yeah, they couldn't get mine regulated. It took, uh, but I take two different medications. Uh, what's the name of them? I forget the name of them, but... Uh, 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 it's like an It's a beta blocker. Right? I think it starts with a D or something. Hmm. One I take uh, 240 milligram and the other one uh, 120. Hmm. They gave me soda loss years ago, and uh, that works. The only problem is every time I step near a thinking heart doctor's office, they plug me into an EKG machine, no matter how many times I go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I went through the rhythm all and <clears throat> soda law and amiodarone, and there's, there's some awful bad medicines out there. They tried them all, and none of them worked on me. Um, finally, they just... Uh, Gave me a heart ablation, burn out my electrical system, put a defibrillator in, pacemaker, and a piece of wire, and said, go home. <laughs> oh, my. Now, James, they done that ablation on you. Was that, they, they give you the uh, defibrillator because of that, or was it because of the, of the heart function? No, I'm on my fourth defibrillator. My, uh, I've been on a device ever since 1999. They did the ablation. Uh, I had a first pacemaker the first go round, and the last three have been pacemaker defibrillators. But last yeah. year in December, they brought me in and showed me the paperwork where my device had saved my life 69 times in the first two weeks of uh, April. And they said, we're going to have to do a heart ablation. Well, I didn't have any choice. I think I feel better. I just don't have the stamina that I had before the ablation. I can do as much. I just have to sit down well, more. Don't think there's burn channels in your heart, so the signal the signal book jump across that scar tissue. Right, the signal won't pull across scar tissue. So they right they do a study uh, while they're in there, and they they kind of map those. The, the electrical charges and where they go, and then they burn a scar tissue across it. It'll stop them, uh, like digging a ditch in front of a water flow. Huh. Now, how long do you stay in the hospital? Is it uh, outpatient or is it inpatient? Uh, it was inpatient. It's, it's kind of scary. Uh before they did the ablation, my heart was capable, if it, if it ever had to, 
of 30 beats a minute. And now my my heart on its own is not capable of anything. It's just the only thing they left was the pump. And it's regulated by the VA. Did you get the Alvin York? Yeah, uh, not Alvin York, uh, Nashville. Nashville. The heart station's in Nashville. Their heart station, is their docks part of the Vanderbilt or are they just VA employees? Isn't their EP dock Vanderbilt? They're Vanderbilt. Okay, that's why I think, because here's the same thing. We got UK docks in the same thing. I got lucky. Uh, I've seen outside Cardi- or EP doc for years outside the VA. And, yeah. Uh, he left, and now he's the, he's the top dog at the University of Kentucky EP. He's over the whole department. And. I went to a clinic there when I first tried to get my medicine and stuff to the VA, and there he was. He said, what are you doing, John? I said, I'm coming to see a doctor. He said, okay, where's your file? He went and got my file and said, you're seeing me. <laughs> well, you know, when you when you have a device, you've actually got two sets of doctors, one in the EP clinic and then one in the advanced heart failure clinic. Well, guys, this has been a good show. We're almost out of time. So, you guys want to give out your information and things like that if you need to help the veterans out, or do you want to kind of keep that quiet? Ah, <laughs> right, we kind of keep it quiet. Now, we, uh, you, can, you can look me up, uh, usva101.org. Uh, that stands for United States Veterans Alliance. And our organization is 101.org. Uh, you can also look me up. Just type into your web browser, VA the Redneck Way, uh, and you can find me there. Huh. Yeah, you can hit me up on Facebook if you'd like and send me a friendly request. And when you do so, make sure that you uh, put on there that you're about with some questions and. Uh, I'll respond that good, and if that's how it goes from there, that would probably be the easiest. Other than that, if you see anybody walking around with a blue cast on, that's probably me if it's on the right arm. (laughs) (laughs) It's climbing up into a big chest hanging on like a monkey, one of the two. That's right. (laughs) I hope it's on I That's right. On your right arm. You got one down the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, it's on the right arm. Uh, no, <laughs> it would have been the wrong. I wouldn't one want them putting the cast on the wrong arm. Yeah, it's <laughs> on the right arm. <laughs> be a, that would be just about like VA though. Put the cast on the wrong arm. <laughs> I can fully understand how they could do that. Uh, Who's that veteran, veteran named George walked in the VA to have his toe taken off? And he, he he left the hospital with last was name changed to Georgia. <laughs> well, I actually had a, a lesion on my left nut that they removed, and after I got out of the hospital, I was looking at my records, and they said they removed it from the right nut, and I made them go back and fix it. <laughs> Not the nut, but the paper. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the good one. Yeah. 
when James got his when James got his stockings for the swelling in his legs because of diabetes in the mark section they said they were issued to him because of very close things due to pregnancy. <laughs> they sure did that. Man, I wore them pantyhose for, I know, a year. You, know, you just about have to stand on your head to get them off. And then I got to read in my records that they issued me them because of the very close veins during my pregnancy. I knew I'd been screwed by the military, but not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just sent back and told him you needed some pampers. <laughs> well, that was the type. If you cut one, it'd take it a week to ever make it down below your knee. You just had to follow the bubble to find out when it was going to make it. They don't make them out of Gore-Tex, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we didn't get much accomplished tonight, but we sure had fun. Well, we needed a fun night out. There you go. There's always next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Gerald, don't forget to order your toilet paper this week or you have a mess by next week. Oh, hell. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, guys, let's let's point out one thing. Uh, The the new laws concerning uh, outpatient services and choice and all of that it's going to go into effect in June of next year, but they're not even going to start working on it until the new Congress comes in in December, I mean in January, excuse me, to determine how they're going to uh, put these new laws into effect and who's going to administrate them and how they're going to work. So uh, just keep that in mind that it's coming down. There's going to be a lot of changes as of June uh, concerning the medical and, and uh some of the other things in the VA uh, as of next year. Well, that's good to know. They uh, every time I go in the hospital, they want to use that choice on me. I yeah, and then they don't want to pay the bill. Yeah, VA. You know, last time I was in there, they had an ambulance waiting to take me to pay a bill Arkansas, nearly a hundred miles away. I said, why would you send me down there? I live a block and a half over here. <laughs> Just turn me loose, I'll walk home. Mm. Oh, the VA sent for you. Well, I said, how'd they know I was there? In my hospitals. But anyway, we're sure glad you guys called in. This has been a good show. It's always a lot of fun. Well, Thanks for having us on. <laughs> we'll see you next time around. 
All right, and you guys be careful. James, take care of that arm. I'm planning on doing that. Yeah, leave the transmissions alone. Uh, You don't want to break your other arm. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, I guess we can close this thing out. Are we closed out, John? I think we're already closed out. So we stopped recording 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Oh, we did. (laughs) It don't matter. We can go on all night if you want to. (laughs) Well, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, James. Thank you and Ray for coming on. It's been great. Thanks for having us. We enjoy it. Talk to you later. Okay, be careful. Well, Mr. Gerald, I think we could just pull the plug there, buddy. I think there'd be no reason to run no recording. Well, I guess not. Uh, I'll call you back for a minute. We'll discuss your trip to the VA today. All right. I'll talk to, talk to you later. All right. Bye. Let's see.